everybody, welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. I'm Molly Herford, and when I'm not outside riding, running, hiking, etc., I'm probably inside writing about it. And I'm Peter Glassford. I'm a registered kinesiologist and an endurance coach, and you are here on the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where we talk about all different types of movements and to the people that do those movements. Good job. <laughs> Don't think we're getting close, but there you go. We're totally getting close. Subtitles for days. So what's up this week? Ah. Uh, Honestly, same old, same old, trying to really hone in on the, the daily training environment and routines and, you know, making sure I do my morning core, morning meditation. All yeah, that we, you, you've been waxing a lot about sort of uh, training environments lately. I think it's waxing poetic, not just waxing. Just waxing. Just waxing <laughs> the, the environment. Yeah, like karate kid style, like wax on, wax off, or... Where, where are we going with this? I don't know. I guess waxing poetic. You're sort of waxing poetic. Yeah, I've been very into this idea of daily training environment lately. It's it's funny because whenever we're on the road, I start kind of missing being home in our place and having this very routinized daily training environment, quote unquote. Uh, then when we get home, I'm immediately like, we need to go elsewhere so I can go do these crazy endurance feats. Um, remember the time we were driving home and we were really excited about being home after like three weeks of being gone and we got a text from our friend Eric that said do you want to go hike for you know 80k in in three days in three days and we were both like no we really want to be home and then five minutes later we were texting him to see where we could meet him to do this well sometimes you gotta be adaptable I guess but. <laughs> that is the the consummate athlete way um but even with uh, being on the road and being busy and stuff, I am super excited because I have actually been finally doing a meditation practice pretty much daily since early November. And I'm so proud of myself for that. And are you using some sort of app or how did you get into it? What is the secret? Well, we talk about it a bunch in this episode, but I started with the Oak app, which both of us like. It has both unguided and guided meditations, and you can set timers and have background noise and stuff like that. I really like the the water sounds on it. Um, yeah, it's pretty customizable. I don't know if people realize how customizable it is, because some people are like, oh, I just got bored of the one things, and I'm always like, I think there's a lot of different things but well and i'm also gonna a side note and say it's it's not bad to be bored during meditation yeah i guess sometimes it's getting that routine i guess right and if you're yeah. bored during it that that sort of means you're you're thinking and you have a long yeah. way to go yeah so today we're talking about meditation but also sense well uh, not, as in smells not, sense. not better sense but the smelling. Oh boy. Um, no, actually we're talking about essential oils, which is different from your traditional aromatherapy because we talk about like, there's a lot of ways to use essential oils that isn't just in terms of the, the smell sense. You've been making us eat it recently, which I've been very concerned about. Yes. And I will add that you can't just do that with like any essential oil. Um, the FDA has a whole list of what you can and can't use. And there are different type. um, our guest today, Laura Wilson, and I talk about how there are different um, levels of testing and stuff done on essential oils. It's sort of like the Wild West, similar to supplements, where a lot of them aren't subject to FDA regulations. Right. So a lot of the time, you might see a sup uh, an essential oil that's branded as something that looks really fancy, and it's in like a apothecary jar, and you know, looks looks super expensive. But actually, it's a bunch of olive oil with some like lemon scent added to it. Right. 
Uh, so we talk about, you know, just kind of being aware of what you're getting with essential oils, because a lot of them only really work if you're getting, you know, the actual oil from the plant. So, right. you know, for example, like the peppermint stuff, or peppermint is a scent that's very easily available, but most of the time, the cheaper essential oils, when you're getting like an essential oil for like $4, it's just olive oil cut with the scent. Sure. And that's not going to be as good, and you can't. You or, should or not some really... a simulation of the, yeah. the actual scent, yeah, yeah exactly. mixed with olive oil, yeah. Um, so yeah, we talk about that a little bit. So just in terms of eating it, please be careful with that. Um, we use a really good brand, and yeah, a couple drops of lemon essential oil in stew has actually been like game changing in terms okay. of taste. Well, we'll see. If I'm not uh, around in the next couple months, everyone <laughs> will know why. Uh, anyway, though, uh, I think, you know, we talk a bunch about essential oils and all that, but for me, the biggest value in here was talking about meditation and how, you know, I finally sort of figured out how to make it work for me because I've tried it on and off for probably 15 years now. Like even before I was into athletics, I loved the idea of meditation. I remember this is really random. You have to kind of be super in the, the kooky world to get this. Um, but there's the Edgar Case Institute in Virginia Beach. Um, Edgar Case was one of like kind of the first U.S. people to really like push meditation back in like early 1900s. Um, and he had an institute in Virginia Beach, and my family would go there every year. So uh, every year I'd end up at this institute, kind of shopping in their gift shop and like finding tapes on meditation and stuff. And I remember my mom getting one and me playing it from the time I was like 12 years old, trying to be very meditative and you know, just kind of have this, this vibe about me. And all I remember is the tape being like, you're on a tropical island surrounded by the waters of the Pacific. And it was terrible. Mm. I, I must have listened to it like a hundred times. Hmm. Um, and yes, my relationship with meditation has gone up and down over the years. And I feel like I've finally started to figure it out and see benefits from it. Yeah. I think it's weird. There's so much, uh, kookiness as you say in it um i do think there's there's definitely something there um but yeah it's it's definitely wading through the the waters of the kookiness it'll be interesting to see where we are in maybe five years or so yeah so i i do encourage everyone to to give it a shot honestly like it it really does help with anxiety and stress and I don't know. I feel like it really sets me up for a good day doing it in the morning i now do you do this with sense with smells? You can. Not with scents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. How many um, pennies are around? Yeah, I mean, if we're if we're home, I'm really excited to get back to our essential oil diffuser now that we learned how to use it. Right. Pro tip, put water in them. Yep. As it turns out. Didn't I have to go to Paris to figure that out? No, California. Oh, that's why we go to California. Yeah. That's where there's kooky stuff. Yeah. Anyway, whether you're into the idea of meditation or not, I do think there's a huge value in this episode. And Laura and I talk a bunch about how it can help on race day. So sure, sure. For those of you who are kind of like rolling your eyes at this this concept, um, there are a lot of really practical applications, both with meditation and essential oils in terms of getting ready for races and cooling your nerves. Sure. Yeah, and I mean, we talk, I mean, we're... You know, in the Q and A's and stuff we do with sleep and nerves and, um, you know, everything around, I guess all the, you know, like you're saying anxiety or whatever. Um, but yeah, at some point, you know, we can't, you're going to be on race day and like your phone isn't going to be there. 
um, you know, and you got to sort of sit there with that discomfort, right? And whether that's in the race or on the start line or in the warm up, um, there's a lot of skills there for sure of that just sort of arousal control, right? Is what they would call that. Yeah, exactly. So perfect. Right. Well, let's see what we can learn. All right. Enjoy this episode. Laura, give me like the brief background of your athletics and how you kind of came to where you are today with the happiness nerd. And by the way, love the the nerd as part of that. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Um, for me, actually, I didn't grow up as an athlete. I remember you actually talking yes. about that fast and female, <laughs> about that you weren't an athlete as a kid. And no. I, I like totally resonated with your story. My mom uh, and dad divorced when I was really young and we didn't have a car. And so my mom didn't get her license until I was in grade four. So we walked everywhere. So that was really my athletics was I walked everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, because of that, it was hard with me and my two older sisters from my mom to really uh, like take us around to a lot of sporting activities. So, you know, we went to the YMCA and did things like that. But really, and but really her main thing that she loved doing was going to the library. So we were totally uh, bookworms, which is maybe where the happiness nerd has come from too, indirectly. But um, so I didn't really get into athletics until about high school. And I had to run track for gym class. And the teacher pulled me aside and said, you should join the cross-country ski team because like you're really good endurance. And um, I said, no. I was, so <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, love it. I was so scared. And I just like hanging out with my friends and reading. And, and so then um, time passed. And then I, it was probably late high school, early university. I just really got interested in fitness, but not athletics. So I was uh, enjoying going to the gym, doing weights, like going to fitness classes and, and power pacing. And, um, yeah, and then I even met my husband, who's a varsity volleyball player. I met him in university, and I went home to meet his family, and they had an outdoor volleyball court in their backyard. Oh, wow, and you're like, I do not understand I this at all. Yeah, and I had, they were like, come come play, and, like, I just looked so awkward and terrible. I couldn't play, so, but I could run, and so I always loved running and uh, had really good endurance, and then kind of fast forward to, like, actually um, or so I did lots of races, half marathons and things like that. But then, uh, fast forward to our married life and, um, we decided that we had some friends that were road biking. And so we, my husband and I went and bought, uh, road bikes at the local bike shop and they were matching. They were, <laughs> we had no idea. And, uh, you know, we had nice big baggy jerseys and stuff like that. And, um, we started riding bikes and, um, and that I really enjoyed, but actually I had another setback where I ended up, um, uh, having to go in for emergency surgery for something. My husband kept riding his bike and by the time I got back on the bike, he was really good. And so I felt really discouraged trying to keep up with him and some of our friends who were really strong riders. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going back to running. So again, half marathons, just uh, really enjoying it for fitness and keeping fit. And then, um, and then a couple of years passed and we had a local cycling club uh, open up that my husband had start started to develop. He was on part of the on the board of directors and I went out and joined the group and I found it was about 400 members uh, the first year. So it was a pretty big club so I could find people I felt comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And then from there I just got really strong and I was able to start riding with the, you know, the A riders. And then after that, um, my husband and I just started traveling together with bikes and and spent a year in Girona riding bikes. And, um, yeah, so mine has just been, uh, you know, 
I, I guess, yes, I am an athlete, but um, never in a professional way, just more for enjoyment and adventure and meeting people. Yeah. Now, you race, You did some running races. Did you ever have the urge to jump in any cycling, like actual racing? No. <laughs> I, I completely understand this. <laughs> you know, I think I, I tend to be, maybe just because of my younger years where I wasn't um, involved in a lot of, like, um, sports that involve contact with other people, I think it's made me nervous. I've done, like, the Centurion race here before, um, and I think it was just being around, like, that many people on the bike. Um, it's not my favorite. Running, it's fine, because if I would get pushed over, which mm-hmm. never happens in a running race, but, you know, it just feels a little less threatening, I think. Yeah, and there's something about running races, I find that's, like, a little bit more participatory, where you just cycling races are a little more cutthroat I'm gonna say yeah like you're kind of in it like if you're racing your bike you like want to win whereas if you're running you're like I want to finish yeah like I want a good time for myself I always felt was competing with myself exactly yeah you can't really compete with yourself on a in a road race right because like when the pack when the pack drops you the pack has dropped you (laughs) (laughs) now it's just sad yeah (laughs) so yeah for me I think I actually, I personally have come to realize I'm not that competitive of a person, except with myself. Yeah. So um, I know some people who look very, like, when you meet them, they seem very um, quiet, non-competitive. But then when they're out, like, racing, they've told me that they just, they, all they think about is taking down the people in front of them. And that's not me. (laughs) I'm like, oh, they can have it. I'm quite content yep, back here. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yet, I mean, it's still like a huge part of your life. And I think that's like what I kind of love about you is the fact that cycling and athletics is a huge part of your life, but not in a competitive way, which is just very different than a lot of the people that I know. So it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. I do feel like, uh, yeah, actually, when we were living in Girona, yeah. a lot of pro athletes, like I find their lives so interesting. But like, yeah, I don't... I, like, I'm not competing. Like, you know, if we're out riding as a group, I love racing up a good climb. Um, I love performing strong that way and feeling good. But it's more for the adventure or, like, having just playing around with each other, not for not for mm-hmm. winning for me. But with all of that said, you have, I'd say, like, the athlete lifestyle dialed very neatly right now with all of the stuff that you're doing with the, the happiness nerd project, we'll call it. Yeah. So, Okay, explain to me what that is and how it got started and where it's at now. Okay, yeah. So, you know, so my um, my background is actually in uh, banking and wealth management. Um, that's been my career because I went to business school. But then um, on the side, I've always had a passion my whole life for um, just wellness in general and and anything to make make my life better. I've always strived to find ways to make my life better. Um, and and just live life to the fullest. And so I've always experimented with things, and so um, I'm always trying new techniques, and if it works well for me, I continue on with them, and I love sharing them with other people. And sometimes they flop, and they don't work well for me, but I think, oh, that would work for someone else. So Happiness Nerd for me is just kind of like a, you know, a, a lifestyle platform about like kind of trial and error with different um, techniques and processes that I think can help people out. Um, I truly believe, uh, like we have a choice at every moment of the day, how we want to think about something. And sometimes it's really hard to think positive. And sometimes I think like someone telling you to just think positive can actually just, you know, drive someone crazy. Oh yeah. Like that's not 
it's not the mode you're in. And so there's ways to kind of gently prod yourself um, into a better feeling without necessarily just having to read a, a motivational statement, which can be great sometimes too, mm-hmm. but sometimes they don't work. So there's other things you can do. Um, so for me, uh, it's just a lot about experiment, experimenting with that. So there's a few things that I've really kind of delved into, um, which is um, meditation and also essential oils. My sister's a physiotherapist, and she uses essential oils in her practice, and so she introduced them to me about five years ago. And then uh, last year, uh, when we were in Girona full-time, and I took a step back from work, a leap from work, I ended up um, running with essential oils as part of a business to help athletes in Girona use them to ha- um, help with their performance. Mm-hmm. And then I also ran Tuesday night meditation classes in Girona um, with a lot of athletes and locals who would come out. And so those are just a couple of things that I started sharing and, and, and also having a business and doing it while I was in Girona. And oh, I love that. Living a different lifestyle. <laughs> okay, I have to ask. Do you have any um, thought? Do you have any failures that come to mind, or things that definitely didn't work for you that you've tried? Because you mentioned the you know, experimenting. Okay, so one, and I don't think these don't work, but like I think one is like affirmations. Like yeah, you've heard like, and I think affirmations can work really well. But I, I think when I first started doing them, they just felt like words on a page, and they didn't feel true to me. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought this isn't working um I've come to realize now that like if it if they're not working it's not that they're not working it's me stepping back and okay well what what's making me feel uncomfortable about this statement and then Ooh, looking yeah. deeper into like what's making me feel uncomfortable what makes me feel that that's not true mm-hmm. um because you can't just say I'm going to be the best runner in the world yeah and just write that and maybe if you don't really believe it, it just feels like an empty statement. Yeah, yeah. And so, but I think what it can do, and this is where I had failed, and now I'm starting to open up to how they can work, is investigating and really challenging yourself what's holding you back from believing that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think that part was missing when I first learned about them and experimented with them. I just yeah. thought, you know, just saying it would be enough, but that's, that's not the case. Yeah, I found I get really, like, hyped up on the idea of affirmations and then immediately forget them by day two. I really need to start writing them on post-it notes or like on my mirror or something, but I never yeah. actually do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think they can work really well, but I think for me it was just like, it's a, you, when you say them, you actually have to feel it like you believe yeah. it. And so, yeah, if you don't feel, if you don't feel it, then you really then stop and look at why you're not feeling it. Mm -hmm. Um, So then I think they can work. But yeah, so things like that, that you, um, all of these techniques I think work. Yeah. But you have to figure out how they work for you and maybe why they're not working, what's holding you back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think when you start trying to do just like, you know, 30 of them one day. It's, yeah. It's just going to be kind of a lot. and Yeah, it kind of feels like a road exercise then versus yeah. like actually internalizing it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing, I've actually been thinking about this a lot with you lately. Um, I, I feel like your background in banking and finance, I feel like that's actually kind of helped you with with where you are now, like having talked to you a ton about meditation, you know, before we started doing this podcast, obviously, um, it feels like you're really good at getting to the heart of like what people's roadblocks are with certain stuff or like what they're thinking about stuff. And I think that's probably because I would say your job in banking is probably like more challenging than most psychologists as far as like <laughs> figuring out what actually like, 
what people actually wanted with their money. Yeah, I guess it's true. I mean, that's what I do love about uh, my role um, in, in that line of work is, I, I mean, money money can be a really heated topic for some people yeah. and very emotional. I mean, really, it's just a medium to helping you achieve what you want in life. And so I think that's what it is. To, to people, money can represent their freedom. It can represent, you know, whether they can't, you know, freedom, whether they can or can't do something. Um, it could also mean, you know, some, like if, if someone was leaving you money and didn't leave it to your sibling, you know, it, that sibling may feel that they weren't loved. So there's like, there's emotional attachment yeah. to it too. So for me, I love sitting down and talking with people about what money means to them and finding out about their family dynamics and their history with money and their relationship with money. And then coming up with strategies for them that can work um, to meet their objectives with wealth and where they want to go in life. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that all kind of like comes into what you're doing now. Yeah. I want people to, I love when I meet with clients and after we, you know, go back with them to them with a the presentation, they light up and they're like, no one's ever talked to me this way. Or yeah. How kind of see it this way. And you just feel, um, yeah, like you've really helped them move forward in a positive way with money. And mm -hmm. um, it's it's never like anything, even like exercise, you can't just run one day and not run the next and yeah. you'll be fine. Like it's something you have to continually do every day to mm -hmm. keep up your fitness and health and wealth and 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 everything. So. Yeah, no, I love that. And okay, that, that brings us to meditation as a thing you can't just do once and you're, you're done, you're yes. cured, you're good. <laughs> uh, much as I wish that was the case. Um, okay, how did you first get into meditation? Yeah, okay, so my dad passed away in 05. Um, we had just moved to Collingwood, um, where you you and I both live now. The best place on earth. <laughs> Despite uh, you and I traveling around yeah. a little bit and living other places from time to time. Um, but yeah, so I, when my dad passed away, it was quite sudden. He had a ruptured abdominal aortic aneurysm. Mm. And uh, so it was really odd because I talked to him one day and then he was gone the next. And um, anyway, I... I thought I was okay, but within a couple of weeks of the funeral and that, I really started experiencing a lot of anxiety, mainly around the fact that I thought of all the people I still had to lose. Uh, we had two dogs. I worried yeah. about losing them, which I have since lost. Um, my mom and my stepdad and a bunch of other people in my life that I cared about and realized that, yes, I probably would, if everything took its natural order, I was going to have to experience it again, and I would panic. Yeah, no, that's stuff that we, we talk about all the time, like offline, and yeah, it's it's scary being yeah like in this stage of life where yeah the people that you're really close with things start changing you're not like a child anymore where it's you know shocking if someone passes away now it's like you say the natural order of things yeah yeah and so it's it was overwhelming it was my first real loss yeah and and, and I it was really bad actually one night I remember being at home I was bawling my eyes out and watching a video of my dad and uh, Jody, my husband, came home and he was just, uh, gave me a big hug and sat with me for a while. And then I went up and washed my face and my left side of um, my body was numb, which is really odd. So uh, in Canada, we have something, actually, I actually don't know if it still exists, but it was called telehealth. You could call and like tell them what, you're ex what you were experiencing and they'd tell you if you sh you'd be fine or whatever, go to the hospital. So That's like, really cool. Yeah, I don't know if it still exists. We should check that out. Yeah. <laughs> so I called telehealth and I said, here's what I'm experiencing. Well, they, their first thought was well, left side, numbness, stroke. 
so that I get to the hospital. And I'm like, this is silly. I don't need to go to the hospital. I said, I think I'm just upset. But anyway, we decide, you know, better safe than sorry. So we go to the hospital. They keep me overnight, and they do a bunch of tests. And again, they by the end, everything came back fine, and they agreed that it probably just was stress. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, look at what this is doing to me physically and yeah. emotionally. And so I thought it was time to get help. So anyway, I found a a psychotherapist in town who takes a bit of a spiritual approach, which I'm kind of interested in a spirituality in a non-religious way. And so I I went to her and she introduced me to some guided meditations and some other techniques too. And I just, it made a world of difference. And I have stepped away from, like stepping away from seeing her, I just felt like I had some control over the anxiety I was feeling in that. So anyway, that was my first exposure to meditation. And then I really would keep it going for a while. And then like we talked about, you get busy, yep. uh, which is a term I tend to not like to use. Yeah, anymore. exactly. There's quotation marks. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And um, I thought I could let it slide. It felt like a lot to fit in in the day. And so it would, it would be the end of the day. It didn't happen and it would slide. And then the next day and next day. And somehow it's just not your routine anymore. Yeah. Like a lot of things can happen in life that way. And I, um, I would notice though, I would bring it back every once in a while. And I would notice how much better my life would go. And then it would again slip because it would be the first thing I would cut. And then, um, life wouldn't flow as well anymore and I think it was just enough trial and error of this happening that it's probably been I'd say about four years now where I I've meditated every morning and I and I won't not like I it's it's an absolute priority for me I've Mm -hmm. come to realize just how much it gives to me I I can't explain it other than like uh, I feel calmer I, I can get into stressful situations and um just be able to find um I guess a bit of stillness before reacting, which I think so some separation between me and my emotions so that I can act from, um, uh, just a calm, more clear point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you still do the same meditation practice that you learned way back then or has it shifted over the years? It's shifted. Yeah. I mix it up. So I'll sometimes just sit and do breathing exercises. I'll sometimes, um, do guided, uh, meditations, I'll sometimes do like some readings and then reflective meditations on my own, like just reflect on it and meditate. Um, Sometimes just uh, total stillness, just listening to a sound and trying to um, just keep a quiet mind. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so there's like lots of different techniques. I mean, meditation is a funny thing. A lot of people think meditation is like you're sitting cross-legged, you know, candles lit all around you. Yep. Sometimes like, meditation can take many forms. Like even just my, you know, a lot of people probably heard of mindfulness. So mm-hmm. mindfulness is just being really conscious of what you're doing at any moment. Um, so if you're in the shower, like, are you really paying attention to like the temperature of the water on your skin? Are you feeling the water hit your skin? Are you like, you know, feeling the shampoo bottle in your hand? And um, that's actually... Um, that's a meditation on its own. So if people are finding that they want to incorporate meditation, but they don't have a ton of time, just being really mindful during activities like that can, is a form of meditation. Yeah. And I think that's maybe like the sneaky way to get athletes started on it is saying like, be mindful during your, your run or your ride or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good way to start, but I don't know. Where, where do you come down on like when someone says, Oh, you know, training is my meditation. I find that really hard to 
believe, I'm going to say. Yeah. Especially if you're, like, super serious about your workout. It's really hard for me to buy that you're actually managing to free your mind while you're doing intervals. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I think any athlete, you've all, everyone's experienced the zone or, like, it does provide some relief, like once you get out. I mean, I've certainly had this. I've walked away from my computer and gone for a bike ride. Mm-hmm. And maybe when I was sitting at my computer, I was ha- trying to hammer out a problem. It wasn't going. I couldn't solve something. And you go out for a bike ride. You stop thinking about it. And suddenly the answer comes to you in such an easy way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in a way, that that activity is a bit of a meditation because you're stepping away from something and opening yourself up to right. So, you know, active meditation is a form of meditation, but I do encourage people to try just like a quiet mind, like like quieting the mind and being in stillness Mm -hmm. for at least like five minutes a day, because I think they'll find that it's a totally different challenge than, um, you know, trying to quiet the mind while you're exercising. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And I mean, I think to me, the athletic hook for this is like, I have the world's worst pre-race nerves. I'm one of those racers going to get really graphic. I need to be like at the race two hours early so I can just keep lining up for the porta potty just over and over again (laughs) because I will have to pee like 300 times because I am a nervous wreck. (laughs) Putting that out there. Yeah. Um, So to me, like the, the cell for meditation is if you can learn how to kind of calm down your body and your mind when you're not exercising, it makes pre-race a lot less stressful. Totally. I think the thing is like, people the reason why meditation can get cut is because it's not a doing yeah right so when you're when you're training uh you're out running and and maybe that is like people are saying yes but it's kind of a meditative run you feel better like you're you're not cutting it out of your schedule because you feel like you're doing something by running and but people cut out meditation because they feel i'm just sitting here i'm not doing anything Mm -hmm. we're such a doing society but i think allowing yourself to just be opens up a whole new world so and there's a lot of benefits that come from it, but people don't recognize them until they maybe read about them or they experience them themselves. But besides, like you said, calming them, calming yourself before a race, it really can help with street, uh, sleep. Yeah. And so sleeping better before races or like leading up throughout your training so that your training better is going to make a significant difference. It actually lowers inflammation in your body. Uh, it increases your immune system. It... Um, it helps reduce cortisol levels in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, the lists go on and on and on. So, you know, meditation has been happening for thousands of years, mainly through religions, but it's now through science that we're starting to realize the medicinal benefits of it. So um, there's so many things that would help just by, you know, five minutes a day of mm-hmm. stillness and just being opens up all those other benefits that are going to help your training program. Yeah. And I will say, so yeah, if you're, if you're, I'll say I'm one of the people that's like, but it's not doing. It is doing, just on a very cellular level. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm not doing anything, but my cells are doing really good things. Yeah. (laughs) And I think, you know, this is one thing I explained to one of my students in meditation class. I'm like, have you ever had this, you know, when you're trying to find something or you don't know the answer to something, you've been thinking about it and trying to solve it. And then finally, let's say Peter walks in. You say, hey, Peter, have you seen my phone? But... And as he's saying, no, I haven't, it comes to you exactly where you put it. I think it's because you've just finally surrendered and opened yourself up to getting it. And I can't explain why, but I find that with meditation. Like, 
again, we think that a lot of things in lives we in our life we have to do and kind of wrestle something to the ground to figure it out. But sometimes just like letting it be and realize it, like not realizing you have to solve it. And when you're um, in a quiet, still state, somehow um, and sometimes the answer just comes to you. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I love that. And I think the other thing I kind of want to talk about is like taking some of the, I'm going to say preciousness out of meditation where, like you say, it's this idea that you have to be sitting cross-legged in your, you know, designated glass-filled meditation room with like, you know, a diffuser and candles and surrounded by crystals. And I think a lot of people shy away from it because like, A, like, you know, a lot of us don't have time for that or don't have that set up or like, you're like, oh crap, I need to go buy crystals before I can possibly meditate, uh, which have done. Not gonna lie. <laughs> um, Way procrastinating. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, instead, perfect. Of, instead of meditating, I have literally put like buy crystals on my to-do list just to avoid actually having to sit down and be quiet for five minutes. Um, but I, you know, I think it's one of those things it's worth reminding people that meditation does not have to exist in this perfect state. So even if you're having an imperfect morning, it doesn't mean, oh, I can't do my meditation. Like, you know, we fly early a lot of days and days get pretty hectic. And sometimes it's, you know, 2 p.m. before I have, like, the time to do that. And often I'm like, oh, day's already ruined. Not going to do it today. So if you could kind of speak to... It doesn't need to be this, like, ritual Yeah, thing. absolutely. I mean, you can do it anywhere. Yeah. And actually, you know, if you're taking public transportation or maybe you have a house with loud kids in it or maybe you have roommates that are making noises or whatever it is, um, it's just going to make it even that even that much stronger because you have to focus a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but also a good pair of uh, headphones can yeah. really block out a lot of noise anyway <laughs> shut your eyes and block your no- your close your eyes I mean when we were in Girona we had a very small apartment um in our house here in Collingwood I have a room I just go down to but in, in Girona we had a very small apartment I would just wake up in the morning and sit on the floor beside my bed with yeah I'd take the pillow that I just had put my head on and put it on the floor and I'd just sit there with a, a headset on um and do a meditation just with some music or whatever I was doing that morning and uh and that was it and then it's yeah. done and it's a great way to start your day um it's like having a good breakfast you know what I mean but mm-hmm. yeah and if you if you're late in the day and you haven't done it you think oh I'll just do it tomorrow I mean it, it's again using the analogy of food so you've had a you've had a bowl of french fries because they were really good the next meal you just have a salad it's fine just, yeah you know you just get back on track it doesn't have to be the next day it could be the next meal so it could be the in the evening versus the morning yeah so yeah yeah you don't need to wait till like next monday to start doing it again yeah and i think like if the place is noisy too like it's just like anything like if you have a race it could be a sunny day you have a race it could be rainy and miserable but yeah you get stronger by going out so if if you're meditating and the surrounding isn't perfect, you know, it's just going to give you the stronger ability to focus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. That said, I kind of want to talk about optimal meditation. And, you know, you teach this meditation class and you found a way to kind of blend that with the essential oils, which I love. So can you talk about like how you kind of decided, oh, I'm going to teach a meditation class. There's going to be an oil component. This is how they go together. Yeah, well, I was teaching about oils before I taught meditation, and then actually it was in Drona, like, pretty much first when we arrived, um, 
I mean, it's easy to meet friends in Girona cycling. And um, one of my friends had had actually asked if I would start something with meditation. And uh, so I found a room at a physio clinic that I could rent out and um, started it and then just started doing every Tuesday. So it just kind of happened organically. I love that. Yeah, and uh, and grew. And it was, uh, yeah, it was really, really amazing. Um, But yeah, I thought, so I was, I was teaching uh, every meditation class. I always incorporate essential oils into them because they work really synergistically together. Um, so essential oils and teaching about them, essential oils really helped um, in tons of ways, physiologically, but also emotionally. Um, and they can help at a cellular level too with repair. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like using them with meditation because they can really help calm the body down. Yeah. And so if you're feeling, you know, like like you should be out running or you should be doing something that involves a lot of physical activity if you want to help nudge yourself in the direction to be able to sit without feeling too restless um essential oils can really help bring you there the other one is using um oils that really help open up your breathing so that when you're focusing on your breathing and meditation you feel like you have really clear airways yeah mm -hmm. oh i love that and i mean i do think like yes it's great to be able to meditate on like public transit but i do think there actually is also something to be said for like having a ritual around it and it kind of puts you into that mindset yeah I think so too like at home I do have a room that is just mine to use for meditation it feels really good going in there and there's things that like mean a lot to me or like make me feel good when I see them so I absolutely encourage having a like a space if you have it but it's not necessary Mm -hmm. I mean I've lived like a year and a half without something like that and I found it just as effective Mm -hmm. um or traveling or like and I think that it's nice to have but you can't get too attached to having like a you know, a little space to do that in because if if you are an athlete and you're traveling around, uh, you want to know that you can just do it anywhere at any time. Yeah. Your hotel room, um, even if you have to sneak off to like a public washroom for a little oh, bit. Oh, totally. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's me at parties sometimes. As soon as I get stressed out, I'm like the first one like in the washroom. Like, although I admit I don't meditate, I just read on my Kindle on my phone for like ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> to calm Just down. To calm yourself down. So if yeah. I end at a party with me and I disappear, that's probably what's happening. So everyone's aware. <laughs> People overload. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Um, but I think the essential oils are great because if you are traveling, you can bring them with you and basically create that environment. Because, I mean, smell is one of our, like, most primitive functions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you, you know, if you kind of teach yourself that, like, when you you know, smell eucalyptus or, you know, whatever the best one, and you'll have to explain which one the best one is. Yeah. Uh, you know, once you smell that, and it kind of, like, triggers in your brain, okay, it's time to relax and do your meditation now. Like, you've basically created that little, like, zone for yourself, even if you're, you know, in a hotel room. Yeah, you know, I've actually never explained it that way, but I like how you there we go. that together. <laughs> That's something new for me. Um, but, yeah, like, just, uh, like, it, like association exactly right yeah so like okay like it just triggers you to to calm down and and i mean a lot of the aromas will do that anyway but yeah if that's your particular scent that you kind of condition yourself to i think that's a great idea exactly yeah i mean there was i can say this like that kind of stuff to stuff i understand because there was a 10-year stretch where i hadn't slept in the same bed for more than 10 days at a time because we were, we were just on the road so much like before I met Peter, after I met Peter. So for me, like figuring out those little things that would make, you know, a hotel room or wherever we were feel a little more like home without going like 
so crazy as to be like, and I brought all these pictures of my family and put them up and did that because that's a little a little excessive. But yeah, little stuff like that, I feel like really helps. Totally. And I mean, outside of meditation, the oils are incredible. Well, we can talk a little bit about how to use them for yeah. performance, but all, like just talking about the traveling piece, like it's so good to be able to go into a hotel room that may feel a little stuffy or maybe it smells like some terrible cleaner they've been mm-hmm. using or someone, they said it was a non-smoking room, but you can tell someone yep. before you smoked. <laughs> so like you can come in with your diffuser and we can talk about that, but that is in a second, but like, um, like start getting a diffuser going. You can put a drop of your favorite essential oil on your pillow um, to help you sleep better. Um, so you can really kind of set the stage to, to make it feel like home and mm-hmm. feel good when you walk into it. Yeah. And like, Again, all of that is, you know, not even expensive or taking up a lot of space or anything. Like no. We're not talking about huge sweeping changes, but it will feel completely different. Exactly. Yeah. So embarrassing a diffuser story. We got one for like a gift a couple of years ago and for it didn't come with instructions. And for whatever reason, idiots that we are, we did not realize that you needed to add water to it. Oh, <laughs> So we were just like, this thing's broken. (laughs) Pouring oil into it. Oh boy. (laughs) And it never worked because we never had enough oil to like actually do anything. Yeah. So for years we thought it was not working. And then we finally realized, I don't even know how we realized it. We're like, oh my God, you're supposed to put water in that. (laughs) So if anyone has a diffuser, they don't know how it works. That's that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah, just up to the the little, there's usually a little um, marker that says, this is your max line. Yeah, Yeah. you fill it with water. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Turns out that's really helpful. Um, Okay, so let's actually start with the travel piece because holidays are coming up. A lot of people are traveling, etc. Also, this is a great gift for someone if you need like a last minute gift. I think I actually put that in my gift guide that I I just put on my website. Awesome. So, yeah, what's our yeah, travel? Yeah, so maybe, maybe before I talk about travel, I'll talk yeah. about how they work. Yes, so that would be. <laughs> just so that you understand then how it ties in with the travel. So, like, essential oils are really just extracts from plants. Um, they can either be, like, steam distilled to extract the essential oil or cold pressed. And really, it's a life force of the plant. And so, you know, let's say peppermint, for example. Like, when you smell peppermint, that aroma that you smell is actually the essential oil. And it give, it helps protect the plant a lot too. So a lot of essential oils can be antibacterial, antiviral, and the reason they are is because it helps protect the plant when it's alive. And oh, so okay. when we use them, we can get a lot of the same benefits that they provide the plant. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, so that's what an essential oil is, and they're very potent. Like one drop of peppermint oil is equivalent of about 25 cups of peppermint tea. So you don't need a lot. A little goes a long way, and the bottles last a really long time, Yeah, which is great. Um, and so there's three ways you can use them. You can use them internally, topically, or aromatically. Um, quality does matter. So actually, I'm going to step back to that, too. I, I use a brand of oils called doTERRA, and that's who I represent. Um, doTERRA is the top essential oil company in the world and uh, uses third parties to test all their oils for purity and potency. And they actually have a huge medical team. What's the problem with bad quality essential oils? Yeah, so yeah, so quality, I should backtrack actually, because I want to talk about quality. So I represent um, a company called doTERRA. And doTERRA is the number one essential oil company in the world right now. They're worldwide. And um, 
what's so amazing about doTERRA is they're dedicated to quality and they're really focused on um, how they can be applied for healthcare. And so um, right now they have um, third parties that test all their oils. Um, In particular, this third party does a lot of um, testing of other essential oil companies. And they just released a report of 100 companies they tested, only three um, pure... um, came back that they were pure uh, essential oils um, out of 100. Oh, wow. Yeah, and why that's important is um, essential oils are not a regulated industry. Right. And they're heavily adulterated because they've become quite popular. They're mm-hmm. much more mainstream now than they were, say, even five years ago. Oh, yeah, you go into, like, Winners or TJ Maxx or whatever, and there's tons of them for, like, two ninety nine or three ninety nine. Exactly, yeah. And so, like, you, yeah, you go into Walmart, and there's a lavender oil sitting there for $5. Um, but, you know, in all likelihood, it's probably synthetic, which mm-hmm. is, you know, a chemical just like you would get in your cleaning with supplies that are, um, like, say, lavender fragrance. So it's a fragrance. It's not an essential oil. So there's okay. no therapeutic benefits to it at all. In mm-hmm. fact, it could be more toxic to your body. Right. So it's really important to get good quality. And a lot of essential oils, too, um, if you'll, even on Amazon, you'll find them, they'll say they're pure and organic. So people say, well, mine say it's pure and organic. But again, it's not regulated. So that's typically just a label. Um, and it could be false. And right. So I, my philosophy is why not buy from a company that you can trust that's been um, proven to have pure and potent oils. Yeah. And I think, like you say, like they last for ever yeah price per drop is pennies yeah and they again a little goes a long way and it's a lot cheaper than kind of over-the-counter stuff and that that you might be using to help you with something that an essential oil might um, support so um yeah so i would say just make sure that you check on quality again i represent doTERRA um there are probably a few other good companies out there but really don't buy from walmart don't buy from costco don't buy any of those oils uh and I'll just say one thing too. Um, rose, for example, it takes uh, for a little five mil bottle of rose, it's ten thousand petals. Whew, uh, uh, a lot uh, of roses. roses. Yeah, and so I've seen some of those oils at even a health food store. I've seen a rose oil there um, being sold for like thirty dollars, and right away it just tells you that it's it's probably adulterated, or perhaps there might be one drop of real rose in there, and the rest is maybe cut with some sort of. Um, you know, olive oil or some right. sort of some sort of carrier oil, and so it's it's just not the real thing. And, mm-hmm. the, and you, if you're going to use them, use g- good quality, mm-hmm. and a little goes a long way. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's OTERRA. It's uh, uh, DoTERRA. D O T E R R A. Wow, spelling things out loud is really hard for yeah. some reason, <laughs> <laughs> especially on a bottle that's sitting yeah. sideways as you're looking at it. Yeah, so. and we'll throw some links to that in the show notes too. Yeah. So yeah. So for um, how you use them. So I mentioned internally, topically, and aromatically. So I thought actually it might be kind of fun to take you through uh, those three uses with peppermint. Yeah, I love it. Peppermint's one of the oils that you can use all three ways. Um, again, most oils by doTERRA, not uh, outside companies, because some of them uh, really warn against internal use because they're not um, pure. Mm-hmm. Um, but with doTERRA, their oils are so pure that anything that you can basically eat, if it's an oil, you could pretty much use internally. That's my kind of general way of summing it up. So mm-hmm. lemon, rosemary, you can use these in cooking. So this peppermint oil is actually really good if you like to make brownies or Ooh, yeah. cookies for the holidays and that coming up. You can actually, mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, multi-purpose. You can throw it in your 
God, cooking? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, no one will be able to see us doing this, but what's happening is I'm going to put a drop in Molly's hand. Okay. And so Molly, as I put that in your hand, you're going to take your baby finger from your other hand okay. and just dip it in that drop. And I want you to put a little bit of that drop underneath your tongue. And that's internal use. Oh, wow. That is like really potent right yeah. off the bat. Really <laughs> wakes you up. Feels great. Fresh. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about other benefits of peppermint in a second. Okay. Now um, you may have to uh, free up your other hand yeah, for a second. Yeah, lose my microphone here. Rub your hands together. Now take your hands. Maybe so I can hear oils, that. <laughs> oil's rubbed around your hands and now you can rub it on the back of your neck. Okay. All right. So that will kick in in a little bit. You'll okay. probably feel a very cooling sensation. So it's really great if you're exercising on hot days. Ooh. Uh, older women who have hot flashes, it can really help with uh, hot flashes. Um, and if it's even just a hot day, you can put some peppermint in a spray bottle and spray it on your body to really help cool okay. you off. When we were in Drona living in the summertime, it was so hot. I was having kind of four cold showers a day. And after I get out of the shower, I'd put a peppermint into my body lotion. And I'd feel amazing for a couple hours until I got... Okay. Yeah. So that's a little... So, And then the third way is aromatically. So you can take your hands, cup them over your nose, and just breathe in and out a couple of times. Oh, you feel it in your lungs. (laughs) Yeah. It goes deep in your lungs. Um, It really can wake you up and make you feel much more alert and focused. So peppermint, actually, there's some studies done and... um, on peppermint essential oil for endurance. So it actually, um, it's helped improve people's strength, like the, the number of push-ups they could do. It helped people run a little bit longer. Um, it didn't help their skill level. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't uh, help their memory, um, but they realize it helps with endurance, just yeah. by putting a drop in your water um, or taking smelling it aromatically. Mm-hmm. So and I could even see that in like an ultra run, just as like if you had a drop of that in a bottle or I guess even honestly on like a handkerchief or something. Like yeah. Taking a sniff of that or like having, yeah, a little bit of that internally, like I feel like that would totally jolt you out of where you were. Right, right back. Yeah, so um, like some of the, I worked with a lot of the pro-female cyclists in Girona. They came to my meditation classes and, and I talked to a lot about essential oils. So there's one pro-cycling uh, team that actually started have started using essential oils and one trick that one girl came up with was to put the peppermint on a tissue and she would put it up her nose and as she got <laughs> ready for the rest of her race like getting all her other gear together mm-hmm. she'd be inhaling the peppermint just pre oh i love it and so they a lot of them have started doing that which is really yeah. cool um yeah it's just really neat i mean it, Actually, years ago, before they realized how how great it was for athletics and improving uh, endurance, um, it was realized by nightclubs that if they put peppermint and people were like reporting they were like more alert and dancing more, oh. and they actually did a study on it that showed it helped, and then they they used it in another study with um, like an office setting, and um, they proved that secret- secretaries could type faster or something like that. Oh this wow! Was an old study. When, uh, that's that's <laughs> and so hilarious. Athletics so that way. So it's really neat how you can use peppermint. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so many uses. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, 
it just feels really good as uh, in a massage oil too mm-hmm. to use peppermint too. So at the end, of the, there's there's a few other massage oils DoTerra has. One's called Deep Blue that has peppermint in it, and another one's called Aroma Touch. So after a really good hard workout, to be able to like sit and just massage your legs with some of the, some of the oils, mm-hmm. some, a lot of them have a lot of benefits that help with tissue repair. Um, which is just going to help you recover that much more quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really love anything like that that can be worked into kind of what's like a normal routine already, but then kind of adds this like just nice ritual to stuff. Like instead of just being, okay, I come home and I like, yeah, like rub my legs for a minute. Like what if you, you know, actually put like a, like a good quality essential oil on and, you know, you've kind of taken it, you, you've like up leveled it a little totally. bit. Totally. Honestly, like I, now I think where my life would be without essential oils and I, I think I'd be depressed. <laughs> I'd have to bring a lot more of my happiness techniques on top to make up for my loss of the oil technique. It just makes you feel so good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, just having that aroma as you're like working on your legs and um, really makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. You had asked me earlier about travel. So now that I've told you mm-hmm. a little bit about like how to use them and how they work. Um, so there's a couple other travel tips I have. So one is there's an essential oil that it's a proprietary blend by doTERRA called On Guard. Um, and okay. it's their protective blend or immune supporting blend. Um, so it just helps you kind of ward off the nasties. So it's highly antibacterial, antiviral. It's got clove, wild orange, rosemary, um, eucalyptus, cinnamon, uh, all in it. And so all okay. those. So all that's my friend or my cousin actually recommended one. That's uh, it's like thieves blend. Yeah, it's very similar it's to similar thieves, to that. which is done by Young Living. And yes, so, exactly. Yeah, and so. It kind of here. I'll let you smell that. That's kind of smells oh, like Christmas in a that. bottle. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I want to just like diffuse like everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So this is one I like to diffuse in a hotel room mm-hmm. because you don't know who's been in there before. It smells great and it helps clear and purify the air. Um, when I'm traveling on a plane, I actually tend to wear a scarf, um, like a, even a big like kind of yoga scarf sometimes just keep me warm literally like the number one thing i recommend for air travel is like the giant scarf. the giant scarf because you can pull over your head cover exactly. your eyes it looked like a bit of a mummy or whatever yeah it's fine <laughs> it's fine and so i put this on my scarf just to help um one i love the smell of it too but help purify the air that's coming in around me on the mm-hmm. plane um and then i usually put it on the bottom of my feet every day uh, feet feet um my feet every day um just to help improve my immunity oh yeah so again cool. for athletes who are traveling around a lot of people um, you're pushing your body under a lot of stress under training. That you, if you need additional immune support, I think we can all use it. That uh, on guard's a really good one. I love that. Um, the other one I'd recommend for travel uh, is um, where is it here? Uh, lemon. So I like lemon in my water every day. And I don't know if anyone else is using lemon, but uh, for me, lemon in a glass of water every day. Um, really just helps kind of like with internal cleaning. Mm-hmm. A lot of people put fresh lemon in their water. And there's a couple reasons I suggest lemon oil instead. Okay, is, good, because I really hate straight up lemon. I'm like the weirdo that like if you get a, like the lemon wedge, I will put it on Peter's glass. <laughs> Something about like, I do you, not like about it. Ugh, you get the seeds get in your water. Okay. You get like the, some pulp, pulp gets in there and it's just like it grosses me out. You don't know where the lemon's been. Yeah. I don't know. It just <laughs> it weirds me out on having worked in the restaurant, like specifically to restaurants. I've worked in the restaurant industry. I know what like chopping up the lemons and like the gross kitchen looks like. Just don't like it. Just, yeah. So one is um, a drop of lemon is a lot cheaper 
uh, versus like buying a real lemon, mm-hmm. um, like a full lemon. And you might be traveling and you're not going to have a knife and a lemon with you in a hotel room. So you can have your lemon oil travel with you. Uh, The other thing is I have a friend who's a a dental hygienist. And she said that she's seen a lot of people who uh, have lemon, like a squeeze of lemon in their water every morning. And it starts wearing away at the enamel on their teeth because of the acidity in the fruit. And so the oil does not have the acid in with it. And Mm -hmm. so it's also another great thing to consider. Because the yeah. same is true with the apple cider vinegar. Yes. It's also super rough on your enamel. Yeah, yeah. And so she recommends people now who said that they really like lemon in the morning to use the oil oh, okay. the fruit. Yeah. Okay, I'm on board with this. Yeah. I like this. So that's really good. Also, it's really good at getting stains out. I can't tell you how many <laughs> times I've gotten grease on uh, from the bike on yep. me or on a piece of clothing or jersey or sock. And um, lemon oil takes almost everything out. So... Yeah. Oh, I love so it. Really, especially your hands. Mm-hmm. So, um, and actually, when I people laugh, so I did the um, um, I did the rooted Vermont this summer, and there was an accident right near me, and I actually carry a little thing of essential oils with me in my jersey pocket. <laughs> And, it, and so this accident happened to me, and I was, like, totally equipped to help out. And actually, the lady wrote me after, and I had some lavender, and lavender is really good for calming. She had a very uh, bad fracture and um so while we were waiting on the side of the road with her i had her t- a smelling lavender help oh my gosh down. and she said it was such a strange thing for someone to be carrying in their jersey pocket <laughs> whatever works but she was really thankful for yeah. it so oh yeah my God, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. so uh anyway but um yeah having like on guard and lemon and all that in your back pocket i carry on, on guard just because or t- uh, the other one i'll talk about is tea tree oil because again if you have a crash while you're out on the road you can quickly spray out any um any uh open wounds and mm-hmm. until you get back to the hotel room and okay. get it cleaned up tea tree is one that i'm very interested in because yeah. this one so a lot of people i have been told so many times like this is the thing you use for saddle sores yes however i like coming back to our quality conversation like it's one you have to be super careful with because you're putting it on like literally the most sensitive part of your anatomy yeah and if you've just bought some like you know five dollar essential oil that says it's tea tree like you got to be careful with that stuff yeah again quality is everything but also like you can dilute oils and so and i didn't mention that yet so when you use it topically a lot of oils will say you can use them neat which means you can just put them on directly um and a lot of oils will say dilute um particularly hot oils so Mm -hmm. like cinnamons and that you can imagine how hot that would feel on your skin so uh, again a little diluted with some carrier oil goes a long way okay so don't dilute with water because obviously oil and water don't mix it water will just push it deeper into yep. your yeah and so um and a carrier oil is really any type of oil that carries the, oil, the essential oil deeper into your skin so like um, olive oil is olive a good oil one on that but what doTERRA sells and what i'd recommend is a fractionated coconut oil okay um we all probably know what regular coconut oil is it looks like white sitting like if you see um at regular room temperature mm-hmm. it will go solid uh fractionated coconut oil has the long chain fatty acids removed mm-hmm. from it and so it's liquid at all temperatures okay. uh, and it doesn't smell like coconut 
and um, and it doesn't stain your clothes. Okay. Yeah. So, Very important. Yeah. So really good to be using the fractionated coconut oil like for your massage or saddle sores. So mm-hmm. you could dilute the tea tree oil. And lavender is also another really good one for skin irritations. Okay. Um, so lavender and tea tree oil for saddle sores. Um, or putting it in, like even if you're using like a, a thick cream or body butter instead of a, a real... Um, like uh, chamois cream, right? Then you could put those two oils in oh, okay. it, and um, just to help prevent and help kind of keep the bacteria down. Okay, <laughs> I love that. I'm on board with that. It's really just when I hear people putting tea tree oil like directly on, because having I've tried everything, obviously, because I've written the book on the topic. Yeah, um, and like I burned my skin. Yeah, like, using tea tree oil directly on. So it's one thing whenever someone says that, I'm like, some people's skin can handle the direct. But most people need to dilute it. <laughs> yeah, tea tree oil is one you can use direct. But I, you know what? Even though you can, I almost always say just dilute it because there's actually some studies that show diluting it's better because um, like essential oils are really uh, volatile and so they flash off the skin uh, really quickly because your skin's hot. And mm-hmm. so having a, a carrier oil mixed in with them helps it um, reduce the flashing off and actually helps like carried in okay. your yeah. a little bit more so, okay there yeah. we go so there you go so no problem diluting it doesn't change the effectiveness of it um so yeah tea tree oil which is also known as melaleuca so it's a good a lot of people don't know they're the same thing yeah i would not have tea known tree that oil and melaleuca are the same thing so just different names um but tea tree oil, also like so if you have any um like trathletes um if you're at the pool like or if you're picking up things off of change room floors i really recommend like after like you've walked around like public spaces like that um, having your bottle of tea tree and maybe just again with a carrier oil or a body lotion, just putting a little bit on the bottom of your feet to help Ooh, keep yeah. your feet kind of clear of the nasties too. Yep. Yep. Um, but it's great. It's again, antibacterial, antiviral. A lot of dentists actually use it to help pack, um, extractions and that. Oh, done to okay. Help, uh, minimize cool. bacteria growth and stuff like that too. So nice. Yeah. Um, and then as far, I mean, there's so many oils we can talk about. The other one I'd recommend, though, for athletes and travel is Digestin. So it's the digestive blend. Um, Ooh, so it's I'm got, intrigued. Yeah, it's got all oils uh, digestive related. Uh, so it's got anise, peppermint, ginger, caraway, coriander, tarragon, and fennel. Okay. Um, so if anyone experiences, like, stomach upset from, like, me, like, Actually, irritable bowel syndrome is one of the most common things. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine who's a doctor said that the two things I see most often are depression and uh, digestive issues. And so, usually hand in hand, unfortunately. Yeah, they say, you know, the gut uh, mind and yeah, exactly. um, the connection. So, yeah, so this one's really good for like helping calm irritable bowel syndrome. My friend, or sorry, my sister has a friend um, who has really bad colitis and actually puts it on topically four times a day and really has helped her um, with discomfort. Is really great for um, bloating. Um, oh, okay. You know, if you're out, like especially if these you're at a race and you're eating a lot of the sugary uh, gels and stuff like that, the most common complaint is like bad stomach. Oh yeah. And so it can really help with discomfort that way. Okay, um, cool. And again, travel. Like yeah. If you're picking around people or you're feeling nauseous, it's a great one. Yeah. yeah. So would you do that one internally or just topically? Yeah. So this one, I actually, you can do topically and internally. You could diffuse it, but it smells a lot like black licorice. So I don't know if you, really the benefits are internally and topically. So again, like topical over the abdomen. Um, you can put it on the bottom of your feet too. If you really, I always say, if you really don't like the smell of something, it's still 
works, um, but if you want to get away from the smell, like, so maybe you don't like the smell of black licorice, then you put it on the bottom of your feet. Okay. Um, and it comes in through your bloodstream. Um, I also carry this with me on the bike because I find, and actually my naturopath got me on this, um, I find like a couple hours on the bike, I'm fine, but then once you have to start eating, that's when I start getting problems. And she explained it to me that like, well, yeah, it makes sense because your body is trying to perform and it's trying to digest at the same yeah. time. And so, you know, your your digestive enzymes are low because your metabolic enzymes are, are active. So anyway, she's got me taking um, a digestive enzyme on the bike and I take Digestin. And so I just throw a drop on the back of my hand. I like the taste of it and I just like take it off the back of my hand. Okay. And riding and it's saved me so many times. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And um yeah, and I think it's a common problem people just don't talk about because I've been... A hundred percent. You know, and also up high in the Alps and stuff like that, when you start getting up to higher altitudes, um, just the that uh, atmospheric pressure can cause different issues too. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, and then what's your, like, go-to for, like, the most calming, like, meditative one? Yeah, so what I typically do in my meditation classes is I just bring two oils. I bring a breathing oil, so that would be, um, like, peppermint, like we just did to open up the airways. Mm-hmm. Another great one is Breeze, which also is a blend by doTERRA. It's got peppermint in it, but it also has, like, um, tea tree and raven Sarah. If anyone's familiar with Vicks Vapor Rub, yep, yep. It's, it smells exactly like Vicks Vapor Rub, <laughs> but without all the petrochemicals yeah. and it's pure oil. Um, so that one's really good, or I'll use eucalyptus. Okay, and yeah. So those ones are really good at opening up the breathing. So I recommend that for meditation. And then the other thing um, I bring is, I'll usually bring an oil based on the theme. A lot of the times we'll, my meditation classes will have a theme, so we might be talking about gratitude or we might be talking about... Um, just presence and so uh, I'll go on a theme but um, a lot of the calming oils that I'll bring might be um, lavender so lavender is really good at calming people down Um, but wild orange if someone's not into florals which is quite common I think actually if you ask people about lavender people will say they really love it or they really don't like it Um, so for the people who don't like lavender I really recommend wild orange um, it has an uplifting smell, mm-hmm. um, but it's actually very calming. So it's kind of both at the same time. Oh, I like time. that. I like that. I need both of those. Things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those are the those would be the real cloud, crowd pleasers and ones to start with. I'd yeah. say, but um, again. Uh, I can sometimes customize them. The other thing I can recommend is someone's really focused on, um, like if they're studying for something. Oh yeah. Um, I recommend rosemary. Rosemary shown to help improve memory like seventy five percent. So peppermint oh, wow. helps with your endurance. Rosemary helps with memory. All right. So yeah. I'm just gonna be like walking around, just like patches of the stuff on me, like <laughs> licking my arm in different places depending yeah. on what I need at any point during the day. Yeah. But honestly, like I like getting started. I think the basics are just like support your sleep, support your immunity, um, support like your mind with calming oil. So lavender or, Mm -hmm. um, and support like your cellular health and muscles with like, by doing massages with like oils that help with, um, you know, pain and help with, um, uh, uh, muscle repair and tissue repair. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I love it. Um, all right. I think. That pretty much sums up everything I wanted to ask. Is there anything else you want to add or tell everyone where they can find you and all of your stuff? Yeah. So, um, yeah, my website, people can look me up. It is happinessnerd.com. If anyone has any questions on meditation or oils, I'm happy to help. Um, 
so there's a contact me form there you can reach out to me and I'd be happy to chat with you about your particular needs and give you some ideas Um, I've also just started a 21 day meditation challenge so people can sign up to do the challenge and basically with the challenge you get um, a guided meditation sent to you uh, every day Oh, amazing. And uh, you have to do it for 21 days, and then there's some prizes and stuff at the end. Uh, oh, awesome. With draws. Okay, so well, I am signing up as soon as I turn this off. Yeah, so <laughs> perfect. That, that, might be, that might be what I need to, to really, like, start it. I was telling you before we started recording, I'm nine days and counting into my five minutes of meditation a day. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> because it's honestly the longest I've ever gone in a streak. Oh, wow. So I'm very proud of myself. I'm really happy for you, too. (laughs) Yeah, and honestly, people can tell you to meditate, um, but until you do it and have your own experience with it, then that's going to make the big difference. I'm going to say, I think for a lot of the people who listen to this podcast, we're competitive types, right? Like, you know, I know we talked about like you're you're not in that same crowd, but yeah. I'd say most of the people listening to this are competitive in some way. So maybe the 21 day challenge is actually like the starting point that a lot of us need to get going because it is like an end date. There is like a goal. Oh yeah, and that might actually really help a lot of people like myself awesome. finally get like knock down that first hurdle and. After 21 days, you should be feeling pretty good. So hopefully, yeah, keep it and rolling. Then for yourself, because I think that you'll find that your game is just going to get better. Yeah, yeah. So that sounds oh. great. So amazing. Well, thank you so much, Laura. This is awesome. Awesome. Thank you. This has been fun. Thanks so much for tuning into the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Uh, you can check out my stuff over at theoutdooredit.com or by following me on Instagram and Twitter at Molly J. Herford. And you can check out Peter's coaching, training plans, blogs, all that fun stuff over at smartathlete.ca or by following him on Twitter and Instagram at Peter Glassford. And if you want to support this show and other awesome podcasts, please check out wideanglepodium.com for show info, other podcasts, bonus content, and to become a donating member so you can get all of that rad behind-the-scenes content and help keep shows like this on the air. And lastly, if you're enjoying this podcast and all the information that we're bringing to you every single week, uh, do us a solid and pop into iTunes to leave us a rating and review. It takes you about two seconds. You can do it on your computer. You can do it on your phone, and it really helps us out. Thanks so much, and we will see you next week.